to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. really excited about this series, Still Empty. And I don't care if anyone else is not getting anything out of it. My life has been changed over the last two weeks. And I've found myself praying with a greater fervency, with a greater confidence, with greater desire than I've ever had before. And I want that to grow. How many wants your prayer life to grow? It's important to grow. How many would say amen? It's important to grow because there's power in prayer. What did they say? It's amazing how many coincidences happen when people begin to pray. But it's no coincidence, is it? It's God that does it. And as I was preparing today, you know what I want to do today? I want us to take a second look. That's the title of my message today is a second look. I want to take us a second look at really what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. And incidentally, so excited about um, Sunday. Our message on Sunday morning is going to be four days too late. It's going to be the title of the message, Four Days Too Late. And we're going to be talking about holding on when it seems like the dream, when it seems like it's over and it's gone. Keep holding on because what may be four days late is the setup for God to show up. Amen. We're going to talk about don't put a comma or don't put a period where God puts a comma. It's not the end. It's just a paused breath before God moves. Amen. So just really be encouraged. How many have been praying for something for a long time? And it seems like it's dead and it just hasn't happened. Anyone in the house? We're going to be praying. Come on. Four days late. And we're going to realize that God's still involved. And so tonight I really want to quickly recap over the last couple of weeks. And I've realized this. If we don't get this, we're going to struggle. And we've got to get this because if we don't get this, we're not, A, going to start to pray. Say with me, start to pray. For some of us, hopefully we're on the journey, but for many of us, we perhaps really haven't started to pray yet. Maybe you would be the first to admit, I've been saved for years, but really I haven't started to pray. I've prayed, I've said my prayers, I pray over my food, but really, I haven't really prayed like I should. We've got to get this because if we don't start to pray, we won't pray His will. We won't pray that His will will be done. And we discovered that we find His will through engaged relationship. Not just saying, I love God, but living a life of loving God. Come on, no relationship is going to sustain itself if people aren't interacting, if they're not conversating, if they're not connecting, if they're not a part of it. You can say you've got a best friend with someone, but if you haven't talked with them, they're not really your friend. So it's an engaged relationship and we've got to get it right because we've got to start praying, we've got to pray His will and we've got to pray with a greater confidence. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to look at those three key areas tonight and just break them down. We've covered them already and I'm not trying to be redundant but it's key stuff that I want us to get. So here's number A. Are you ready? Start to pray. Say with me, start to pray. 
The number one reason we don't have answered prayers is because we first don't pray them. It's a proven fact. The number one reason our prayers are not answered is because they are first not asked, as you all say. I say asked. But they are first not made. There's not a petition that's given. And listen to this. We said if we won't, he won't. So we've got to begin to ask those. And we're going to discuss this in a moment as we go into small groups. But I, I, I had to think about what do I think most people would reply to this question. And here's the answer I came up to this question. What is the number one reason why we don't pray? And think about that because you're going to have an opportunity to talk about it in a moment. But I think the number one reason why we don't pray is because we feel unworthy. Because we don't feel worthy to be able to pray. And when we talk about feeling worthy, I think that presents itself in many different ways. Can I give you a few ways I think unworthiness presents itself in our life? Here's the first one. I don't pray for this reason because I still mess up and why would God answer me? Has anyone ever felt that? You know, I'm still sinning in my life. I'm still struggling. I've still got problems. I'm not perfect. I just want to tell you right now, join the club. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Pastor, you're not perfect. I am not perfect. Sorry to break your bubble. If you've got to find another church, then hope you find one with a perfect pastor because I don't think there's many out there, if there's any. But you know what? Many times we feel unworthy. Why? Because there's still sin in our life and we've messed up. But you've got to remind yourself of this. We're all guilty in some shape or form of sinning. Now that's not giving us a license to sin, but that's just understanding the fact that we're all in a process. That God's not finished with us yet. That He's changing us and that He is transforming us. What? That He is working in us to work through us. That God is working in us So he can work through us. Another fact or a way that unworthiness can play out is this. Well, if you knew what I had done. The past, the past of our lives. Well, why would God answer me? Because, I mean, if you really knew what I had done, then why would God want to answer my prayer? The great fact about that is God already knows exactly what you've done and he still chooses to love you. And that's what you've got to understand today. And you've also got to understand this, and may I remind you of this, you don't have a past with God, you only have a future. If we've given our past to God, the Bible says He has removed, not covered, He has done away with our sins. He has removed them as far as what? The east is from the west. You know there's something about east and west, and that is this, they never meet. North and south meet. You can go north. And finally, you'll start going south. But you know what? If you set off and start going east, you'll never go west. You'll just keep going east and east and east. Why would Jesus say that? Because he said, I have placed your sins in a place where life doesn't even meet. God says, I've placed them in a place that there is no such place. And that's what you've got to realize. Here's another way that we can feel unworthy. Has Satan ever messed with you? Isn't that one of the ways that Satan messes with your mind? And he comes in and he comes in as that angel of light sometimes, but he bugs you when you're on your own and you're laying there and he just begins to fill your mind with all kinds of stuff. You call yourself a Christian. Man, I know what you did. and Satan will start messing with us. And you know how we know if Satan's lying? 
if his lips are moving. So you don't need to have a conversation with them and try and talk with them. You know, there's other reasons, but here's another way that I think feeling unworthy plays out, and that is this. I don't want to bother God with something silly and trivial. Have you ever felt like that? That you don't want to bother God with something that you think is just so small and so trivial? And you look and you say, but God, you've got a whole world to run. Why would you be concerned that my washing machine broke? Come on, have you ever felt unworthy to pray because your request you felt was silly and just so trivial? I remember a group, I can't remember the group's name. I can't believe I can't remember the group's name. Fred Hammond was the lead singer. And they used to sing a song that said this, He's not too high to hear your cry. He'll meet you at your point of need. Isn't that beautiful? He's not too high. God's not got enough or too much stuff going on that what you're going through is not important to him. But yet we believe that, we feel unworthy, and we just don't pray. Look what it says in Hebrews 4, verse 14 through 16. It says, Seeing then that we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. What do we see there? We've got a great high priest. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, let us therefore, what? Come boldly to the throne of grace. We can come boldly. That's the opposite of feeling unworthy. God says we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we can obtain what? Mercy and find the grace that we need to help in every time of need. I'm telling you right now, your unworthiness is a lie from Satan to stop you from tapping into the power that God has. We have a God who loves us. He knows what we're going through because he faced those same things, but yet without sin, big difference. But he faced those things for what reason? That when we come to him with the trivial things, with the big things, guess what? He knows all about it. And he's made a way for every one of us that we can come boldly to God. So we've got to start to pray. We've got to know that God is for us, that he's on our side, that he desires to answer our prayer. So that's the first thing. We've got to start to pray. Here's the second thing. We've got to start praying his will. Say with me, praying his will. We looked on two weeks ago at James chapter 4 and verse 3 and James 4 3 says this you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrong you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures a lot of people have asked what is the will of God for my life what is the specific will that God has for my life Well, I believe the will of God for your life will come through serving God. And I believe as you begin to serve God and as you begin to give your life to God, that's the will of God for you to serve Him. But perhaps those specific areas of your life, you will discover those as you serve and you give your life to God. But I've summed it up like this. I believe the will of God is so simple. If you want to know the will of God for your life, here it is, that He would get the glory. The will of God for your life is not to be an air hostess. It's not to be a pastor. It's not to be, oh, they were important. But the will of God totally for your life is whatever you do, that God would get the glory from that. How many believes that? That God would get the glory. 
And when we give God the glory for what we do, guess what? We're living in the will and we're living in the purpose that God has for every one of us. I want God to get the credit for what's happening in this church. Because it's not me, it's God. I mean, it's not me, it's God. And that's how I know I'm in the will of God, because God's getting the credit. Lives have been touched, things are happening. Why? Because God doesn't share His glory with anything that's not, what? Right. And therefore, we realize that in our lives, that to be in the will of God is to live a life that gives God the complete glory and honor. God does not get glory and honor for people living in sin. Hello? That doesn't honor God when we live in sin, when we live contrary to the Word of God. That's why we need to know the Word of God. You know why? Because many of us pray against the will of God because we pray against the Word of God. If you want to know the will of God, you've got to pray the Word of God. Do I hear an amen? And that's what someone once said. You know, the Word of God is almost like, it's not just a, a book of promises, it's a prayer book. You can begin to open this up and read the scriptures and pray that for your life because that's the will of God for your life. The will of God. So we've got to know His will and we discovered that to know His will is discovered through knowing Him, to know His heart. Many of us don't know what we want because we fail to know truly God. We don't really truly know God and His plan for our lives. Jeremiah 29.11 tells us what? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans or thoughts of peace and not for evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. Notice what it says, I know the plans that I have for you, the thoughts I think towards you, not towards this church, not towards the body of Christ. It's specifically for you. God's will is for your life. And how do we live in that? How do we discover that? Well, let's read on. It says, Then you will call upon me, and you will go to pray to me, and I will listen to you. And verse 13 says what? And you will seek me, and you will find me. When what? You search for me with all of your heart. And all your heart. Notice the key there. You'll find all these things through all your heart. Listen, all your heart only comes through relationship. All your heart only comes through being actively engaged daily with God. You want to know the will of God? Serve Him with all of your heart. You will never have to ask someone, what's God's will for my life? Why? Because why ask someone else when you can ask the one? Because when you know His heart, you'll know His will. And when you know His will, you will know His way. You will know what He has planned and what He has destined for you. So what is it that's stopping you from knowing God? What is it that's stopping you from knowing God? Think about that. You see, because the goal is not for us to get what we want, but the goal is for Him to get all the glory. And listen to this. When He gets all the glory, we get what He wants for our lives. Notice that? That we get what He desired, what He purposed and made. And the last time I checked, God wants the best for you. God wants the best for you. The things that we think are the best, if they're not according to His will, they're never going to be the best. That's why with Kristen, I've said to her so many times, Kristen, if this is the will of God, if this is the door that God wants, hey, we pray that God opens it, but if it's not, we want it slammed shut because we've got no business being where God is not. It can look good to us and there is a way that seems right to man, but the Bible says the end thereof, it's not good. 
It's death, damnation. And we've got to go his way. We've got to know his will. So we've got to be very careful because we've got to first start to pray. But when we pray, we've got to pray right. We've got to pray his will and pray his heart. Amen? Amen. And last but not least, and then we're going to break up, we've got to pray with a greater confidence. Say with me, greater faith. Greater faith. Greater faith. And you know, greater faith comes through praying and then praying the will of God. How do I have greater faith in my prayer life? By start to pray and to pray his will. And when you begin to do that, guess what happens? Answers begin to come. And you know, there is no greater prayer builder than an answered prayer. If you want to build your prayer life, just start seeing answers to prayer. And what happens? It gives you the confidence to believe for more and pray for more and just trust God. Amen? And that's where you've got to believe. But you see, there's something greater than just answered prayers that can give us a confidence. And that's that word faith. Because I'm not just praying great prayers because God has answered them. I know he has. But I'm not being shallow in that. I'm praying great prayers because of the faith I have, the belief that I have in the God whom I serve. My faith is not in the answers of prayer. My faith is in the one who answers my prayer. Do I hear an amen? I know I'm talking around today, but I want you to see this today. What did we read in Hebrews 11 verse 1? Faith is, I'm reading it from the New Living, so it's going to be slightly different, but it's the confidence that what we hope for is actually going to happen. And it gives us the assurance about the things that we cannot see. I love that. Faith is the hope and the realization or the assurance of things that are not happening right now. It's not happening. I don't have it right now. But by faith, I'm claiming it. By faith, I'm stepping into it. By faith, I'm believing. I want us to start praying, praying the will of God, that we will have such a confidence in our prayers that we're going to see the supernatural take place. And it's going to happen. What did Jesus say in Matthew 21, 21 and 22? Jesus answered and said unto them, Assuredly, I say unto you, if you have faith and what? Do not doubt. Remember we talked about that faith without doubt and he's keeping our focus on God. Doesn't mean we have all the chapters and verses and we know it all and we have it all figured out. But faith is what? Just keeping our focus on God. Not doubting God and having a double vision. But focused on God. That when we have that kind of faith, guess what? You will not only do what has been done to this fig tree. Jesus walked up to a fig tree. There was no fruit. It leaves on it. Should have had fruit. Jesus says, wither up. And it withered up. And Jesus says, you won't only do what I've done to this fig tree, but you'll also speak to these mountains and they will be removed and cast into the sea. And if you speak those, what does God say? It will be done. It's what he says. And whatsoever things, verse 22, you need to write this verse down and put it. Look, and whatsoever things you ask in prayer, believe and you will receive. Come on, you will receive. And how does God give to you? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. God gives great rewards and great blessings. Come on, I feel like preaching in the house tonight. And from what I just read right there is you and I can have a confidence in our prayers that our prayers will be answered. God, um, if you want me to have this, 
God, I pray. My God, start praying with a confidence. God, according to your word that does not lie. God, you said there shall not be any sick amongst them. I pray right now for my daughter's jaw in the name of Jesus, that God, you would heal it, that you would restore. I don't care what the... Doctors may say and the reports may say, God, you're bigger than three fractures and you can do it right now in the name of Jesus. How many knows that's an up-to-date right now prayer? That's something I need for my family. I'm not being apologetic for God and saying, if you choose, if you want, I want God to heal. And I know God's will is for healing in our lives and for healing in our bodies. And from what I just read, we can have a confidence that our prayers will be answered. And they are more than just mere wishes, hopes, or feeble aspirations. But only if we pray with believing faith or believing faith-filled hearts that our prayers will begin to move mountains. Remember, Jesus is speaking figuratively. He's not talking about moving piles of dirt and relocating them. But he's saying, whatsoever mountain stands in your path, by faith you can look at it and you can say, be moved. Why? Because it's blocking from you what God has in store for you. It's an obstacle that's in the way. What obstacles are in your way today? And let me give you two practical principles and then we're going to break. And that is this. Practical principles to mountain moving faith. Number one, don't focus on the mountain. Isn't it so easy to focus on the mountain? Faith comes from looking at God and not the mountain. We've got to change our focus. Because when we place the focus on us, that's when we start having problems. So don't focus on your mountain. And number two, take the first step. God gives us faith as we walk with him. Step out. Sometimes you're going to have to take a step of faith and you're not going to see it. You've got to pick up the phone and say, I want that building and there's no money in the bank. Come on, you've got to take that first step of faith. Joshua and the children of Israel, hey, you've got to go across that Jordan, but you've got to step into the Jordan. God didn't part it until their foot touched the water. Come on, you've got to be prepared to take that step of faith and step out and believe God. Do I hear an amen in the house? You've got to focus on him and you've got to follow his leading. You've got to follow his guidance. So how do I pray prayers that are so filled with faith that the only way out is a miracle, that a mountain is moved by shifting the focus from the size of your mountain to the sufficiency of your mountain mover and by stepping forward in obedience. And as you and I walk with God, your faith will grow, your confidence will increase and your prayers will have power. Impossibilities can take place when you and I begin to pray. We've got to start to pray. We've got to pray the will of God. And we've got to pray with such a confidence, having faith. And when we pray those kind of prayers, guess what? Impossibilities become possible. Great things take place. Great things begin to happen. Amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.